And welcome back into Tapped Out here on the BetQL Network with Jake Galley and Brendan Tobin. I am Sean Levine, and now joining us, an old friend of the show, Joe Osborne, sports betting analyst from Odd Shark. Man, this is a good card, but at the top, you look at the odds, man, and everything's so one-sided. You got Piotr Jan going off at minus 460. You got Volkanovski going off at, check this out, Joe, <laughs> minus 770, and then Hamzat about five to one right now if you're gonna play an underdog i'm not saying you are but if you're gonna play an underdog who do you think makes the most sense to play tonight um i'm not but if i was i think <laughs> uh, i share this opinion with most people it'd probably be gilbert burns just based on the fact that this is a massive step up in competition for uh Shemaev, right uh, he's going from the 13th ranked overall guy in uh li jing leong up to uh gilbert burns who's at number two in the division right now and you can make a good case that maybe the odds for that fighter getting a little bit out of control. You know, the thing that I keep coming back to on that one is, you know, Burns closed at around minus 200 versus Usman, who is the consensus pound for pound top fighter in the world. And here he is, you know, plus 400 at some books for this fight, right? So maybe you can make a good case just from a purely a betting perspective that, you know, there is some pretty good value on Burns, who's no slouch, you know. He's not a guy that people run right through. So uh, if I needed to pick a dog of the top three fights, it would be Gilbert Burns for sure. Do you see those odds, Joe, as they're blowing too much smoke up Hamzad's behind or they're not giving maybe enough respect to, as you said, Dorino, who a year ago was fighting for the belt? Yeah, I think it's a hype train. You know, if you just look at uh, Hamzad, he's just absolutely destroyed anyone who they had put in front of him. His last fight, uh, you know, that's the one that sticks out in, in people's minds for sure. So it, it is the hype train, and uh, no one's been able to stop that guy yet. He has an incredible highlight reel based on uh, what we've seen from him so far in the UFC. And, you know, Gilbert Burns, some recency bias, obviously got finished by Usman. Then uh, he beat Stephen Wonderboy Thompson, maybe not getting a whole lot of credit for that. That wasn't the most exciting fight, to be fair. But still, still a very well-rounded fighter and one of the top guys in, in the division. But, yeah, it is the hype train type of uh, thing here. So uh, we'll see if uh, Hamzad is the real deal here on, here, uh, on Saturday night. Well, you know fighting better than anybody, Joe. Joe Osborne joining us from Odd Shark. Do, do you believe in the hype that is Hamzad so far? I think so. I mean, he seems incredibly well-rounded. Of course, he has that wrestling and grappling background, and he seems to have a lot of power. And, uh, you know, we, we've seen him knock people out. So, of course, you know, this is a fight that could put him on fast track to a title shot. If he gets the W, that's what everyone's going to be uh, – clamoring for of course leon edwards supposedly he might be next maybe if that fight happens over the course of the summer with Usman, then we could see hamzad versus the winner of that most likely Usman in december potentially but yeah i think so you know he hasn't really this guy hasn't given any indication that you know it's, it's not a sage northcott situation you know what i mean and he's got the size advantage so uh yeah, I, I do believe in the hype train, but that said, like I said, I, I think he's being a bit overvalued here, and there's some kind of interesting ways you can attack the fight from a betting perspective still. 
Yeah, currently coming in at minus 490 is Chemaev over at FanDuel return is Burns plus 380. One of the plays yeah. that I talked about, uh, I write a weekly article for BetQL, is looking into the oh, either the over on the rounds or even the fight to go the distance. Yeah. Uh, you and I were having a little bit of a back and forth on one of the tweets that you put out about the fight. Uh, and I just think that like, and I'm interested to see how you're betting this, but in my opinion, like, Either we're going to see, as you said, the next big thing in the UFC if he comes out and rolls Dylan or uh, Gilbert Burns, or he's going to be in for a much tougher time than he's used to in his past couple of fights getting out of there in the first round. So curious on how you're betting that one. Yeah, I took over one and a half rounds at minus 120. And uh, like I said, Burns isn't a guy you just completely run through. And he tends to be in longer fights, guys. Seven of his last eight fights have gone over the round and a half mark. Now, I know this is a completely different animal here in uh, Shemaev, but it, it is the massive step up in competition. So I don't think he's just going to get in there and ragdoll him right off the bat. And maybe he knows it's a step up in competition too. So maybe it, he there is a little bit of a feeling out process here that can suck up some of that clock and get us uh, beyond uh, seven and a half minutes in this fight. So at minus 120, over one and a half rounds, I like that bet for this fight. All right, you mentioned ragdolling, Joe. In the next fight, Aljamain Sterling versus Piotr Jan. Convince me why Aljo's not going to get ragdolled in this fight. <laughs> I'm not. I'm, I'm the biggest uh, Piotr Jan fan out there, guys. You know, uh, I've been a big fan of his for a very long time. I don't think that there's a man at 135 that can beat him right now. And I just got to throw this out there. Probably the worst bad beat in the history of myself as a sports better on that yawn. I get disqualified by kneeing him in, in the head. <laughs> and that uh, first fight between these guys, I went on a bunch of shows like this, radio shows, podcasts, screaming, take Piotr on. This is incredible value. And of course, he's uh, uh, destroying him. And we all saw how that ended. But yeah, I, I like Yon here again. I think, uh, you know, you got to get creative from a betting perspective once again with him being such a big favorite. So I'm going to take him to win by decision at plus 125. Um, he is a little bit of a slow starter. If you watch his fights, you know, he lets the fight come to him early on and he tends to figure things out along the way. And along the way, his volume and ag aggressiveness uh, definitely increases as the fight goes. And that tends to chew up a lot of clock. As for Sterling, he absolutely has to come in here with a different game plan this time around. He was so aggressive in that first fight. So it worked though, a little bit. Like early on, the aggressiveness did work out for him in that fight until it didn't. Yeah, the first two rounds were closer than a lot of people probably remember, to be fair. But I think yeah. the fact that he was so aggressive, like he threw 230 significant strike attempts in that first fight. He mm. hit a lot of air. He only connected on 42% of those. And he was one for 17 on takedown attempts. Oh, wow. I think, yeah, so I think once we got into rounds three and four, that caught up to him. He ended up slowing down, and he did get dominated uh, later on in that fight. And, of course, he gets a disqualification win. But I think as a result of that, you know, he might slow down, might have a little bit of a slower approach in this fight. And to his credit, uh, he's not an easy guy to put away. He's very durable. He's only been finished once in his career. So I do like Yon to win by that fight by decision plus 125. But if you like Sterling for some reason, or maybe you go back and watch that first fight and say, hey, those first two rounds were fairly close, you can get the fight to go to decision at minus 120, regardless of who wins. And I think that's a pretty good bet, too. Considering Yon, you're paying, uh, you get plus 125 for him, but you can get either of them to win by decision at minus 120. 
So I don't think he can go wrong either way with those bets. Yeah, I, the only thing, and I agree with you, uh, I do like Jan most times. I, I just have the feeling that this number is just a little bit too wide. You talk about the first matchup. Uh, it was, what, minus 145, plus 125 on either mm-hmm. side. And as a result, and obviously we saw that fight. That's a fight that Jan won. I mean, besides what ended up happening with the belt, Jan won that fight. So do you think the adjustments in the odds are purely based on the fact that, like, hey, I think we got this wrong last time. This needs to be wider. Um, and if that is the case, like, I, I, I don't know. I view... Sterling is a guy who could finish either on the ground or there have been times where Jan gets sloppy on the feet. If you had to, let's say I'm trying to bet like method of victory for Aljamain Sterling. Are you looking at submission? Is that really his only path? Yeah, I know. Well, I know that's up there at around plus 800 or plus 900 or something. And we've seen him get a, a, that slick one in on uh, Corey Sanhagen early in a fight when the guys weren't uh, too slippery. So, you know, I've seen people throw that. Out there, that would be uh, that wouldn't be totally shocking. But uh, same thing, like Jan's a guy who's never been finished in in, uh, in his fighting career either. So I think for Sterling, if if he ends up winning, it could be maybe you know the wrestling and grappling comes through for him this time around, and maybe he could be able to grind out a decision as well. But ultimately, like I said, I don't think there's a man alive at 135 that's uh, beating uh, Peter Yon. You know, Sterling was supposed to have the big wrestling advantage in that fight, but Yon, multiple different type of takedowns in that fight and trips. And, you know, he's the one who had the wrestling edge in that fight uh, the first time around. So uh, I'd have a hard time going against him here. Yeah, I don't know if you saw, Aljamain Sterling actually said, like, after I defended the first takedown or after the first time I got him to the ground, like, I was tired. So... As an Aljamain Sterling better, someone who's laid very small on his money line, I just hope he comes in a little more prepared and we see a little bit more of an entertaining fight, hopefully not ending uh, the way that it did last time. But we'll move on here to the final fight, the championship or the second championship bout of the night. Alexander Volkanovsky against Chan Sung Jun, minus 770 for Volkanovsky. How do you pry away any value out of this fight? Well, it's kind of funny. I don't think he should be that big of a favorite. You know, I think minus you can make a good case for minus 400, minus 500, maybe. But but it's getting a little bit out of control. As we know, anything can happen in, in the octagon. And it's not like uh, Zombie is uh, some tomato can and he's like a late notice replacement or something. Like, like you know, he's had a long time to get ready for this fight. Um, but the way I'm going to take this fight, uh, I'm going to take Volkanovski to win by KO slash TKO. That's at around my or plus two ten right now, and that just doesn't make sense to me. So he's at, at around minus eight hundred at some books to win, but you get this prop at plus two ten, and to me, I, I think sports books are kind of implying maybe that Volkanovski is not much of a finisher, but that's not the case. You know, he has eleven KO victories in his career three in the UFC we all remember that one against Chad Mendez would be the one that sticks out and maybe a little bit of recency bias here too think by thinking this is going to go to decision you know Volkanovski coming off uh three consecutive five round fights two of those you got to remember who he fought two of those were against Max Holloway who's no one's really putting away right and then uh, the other one was against Brian Ortega, who he completely demolished on the feet. He outlanded him by 126 significant strikes at multiple times in that fight. I think he was maybe one big strike away from putting him away. 
But then you take a look at Zombie, and you also you see that line a plus plus two ten for Volkanovski to win by, by a via KO. Zombie's a guy that's been finished in the octagon before. He's been on the wrong end of some beatdowns before. He got outclassed on his feet by Brian Ortega, who Volkanovski just destroyed. Right, so I think there's going to be some openings for the champ to finish uh, over the course of you know the 25 minute fight here. So you know, at uh, a little bit better than two two to one to win the fight by KO, absolutely, I like the champ to retain and uh, get the finish here. Are you saying that Zombie is less of a zombie than Max Holloway and Brian Ortega? Well, I think, uh, hey man, I- I'm a big Zombie fan, and I think a lot of like like that nickname uh, it-, it rang true very much earlier in his career because you know he could take a lot of punishment, and we did see him in a, a lot of crazy fights, but um, you know. All it takes is one punch landed in the right spot. So uh, Volkan or Zombie can take a lot of damage, but I think Volkanovski is going to be very motivated here to uh, try to get out of here a bit earlier and uh, continue to climb that pound for pound ladder. And the Zombie that beat Poirier was that was ten years ago. Literally, yes. that, that was that was I was looking at. It. That was uh, <laughs> March fifteenth of two thousand and twelve. Guys, it's twenty twenty two. Like. Zombie's been in the top 10 the entire time since, which is nuts, but I don't, I just don't know that he's the same guy. All right, before you get out of here, since it is a betting show, would you be more comfortable, Joe, taking an underdog to try to win some money out of just these three fights or parlaying? It's a Saturday night. We like to get parlayed on this show on Saturday nights, taking all three of the favorites because, man, those are just some big, heavy favorites coming up. Yeah, I, I wouldn't mind the favorites parlay if you were getting it close to even money, but that's yeah. not even the case. I think you're, it comes in at what rent. It depends where you're you're doing your sports betting, but around, say, minus 150, yeah, not a whole lot of interest there. I would rather, you know, take a shot on a guy like Gilbert Burns uh, if, if, you know, if I need to cho- choose between the two. But, yeah, not a whole lot of value in, the, you know, the big parlay favorite, in my opinion. You're going to see a lot of people throw that out there, and they very well might hit on that. But, you know, uh, how much of a return there at around minus 150? So not a whole lot of interest for me, unfortunately, there. So at the very end of the show, we do a segment called Best Bets, and Jake always comes up with some sort of, like, 167-to-1 parlay. So I'm with you there. Screw those three favorites. We'll figure out some long shots to make some money tonight. That's Joe Osborne, sports betting analyst at Odd Shark. Hey, drop your Twitter handle before you get out of here. Yeah, hit me up at JTFOZ on Twitter. You know, I cover pretty much everything under the moon. Major League Baseball season just starting up going into NBA and NHL playoffs here pretty soon. So, uh, yeah, check me out there. And uh, good luck with your bets, everybody. Royals to win the World Series, 80-1. to I like it. (laughs) I don't know about that. (laughs) Uh, Maybe not. Joe Osborne, Odd Shark, joining us here on Tapped Out. Thanks as always, Joe. Thank you, guys. Good luck to you. Good luck to all the listeners out there.